This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show. It's Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, hello, hello. How are we this evening? I'm very well, Natalie. Yourself? I'm very good, thank you. We've got we've got a sneaky guest in our green room, Dave. This is very exciting. We have, yes. We're not alone. We've, we've had quite a few guests this season. I know it is. I'm, I'm starting to feel like people are muscling their way into our previous show. I think we need to. I think we might need to, to end on a high and, and leave this one as our last one. Um, we are joined by Lancashire Lives' very own Alex. Alex, welcome to the show. Your preview show debut. It is, yeah. Thanks very much for having me. There's no snacks or refreshments in the green room. Maybe that's because it's virtual, but uh, we'll get that maybe sorted yeah. next time round. <laughs> hey, come on, you know, none and ever. We've been known to give the odd sticker out every now and again. But <laughs> snacks and refreshments, you know. Gosh, look at that. We need to up our game already, Dave. This is terrible. Um, I probably should say to, to Alex as well, you can probably relax in the, um, for, for our listeners. I didn't get a chance to say this to Alex before he joined the show, but this isn't video. This is just audio. Um, but we've all got video on so that we can interact with each other. And I just suddenly realised that poor Alex might think he's on screen for, four, for 40 minutes. He's not. So, um, Alex, you can relax. This is audio only. Um, and it is, I'll of course, of yeah, you can grab your cup of tea. You can relax. The, the one you had to, to get for yourself. Um it's a shame, actually, listeners, because because young Statman Dave has a brilliantly imposed uh, football background on his, and he treated me to turf more last week. But in true preview show style, he's now got himself put at Goodison Park, and it's well, you, you look like you're led on the grass, Dave. This is um, you, the way that you're. I'm sad. a pitch level, yes. <laughs> you look like you're crawling you on the grass like a little mouse in the middle of a stadium. Um, but anyway, we, we digress. We are here for business. Let's get down to it because we've got a bumper-packed edition this week with Alex joining us. We're going to do a little feature halfway through where Alex is going to reflect on us with a, a year without fans in stadiums. We've also got a game to preview. We've got quiz questions. We've got fantasy league to look through. Phew. Let's get going. Dave, let's start by giving our listeners the answer to last week's quiz question. Now, it was the end of the Arsenal preview show and you asked our listeners... Prior to this weekend, only two Burnley players have scored against Arsenal in the six Premier League games between the two teams at Turf Moor since 2009. One was Greza, 
Who was the other one? Alex, do you know this? Um, at Turf Moor, did you say? Yes. Yes. Mm, not off the top of my head, no. Yeah. I, I, the, the, I was going to say this was a difficult one, but I thought I'd got it wrong. Dave, what was the answer? Uh, the correct answer was Ashley Barnes. It's been uh, an answer to quite a few quiz questions we've had, so that was maybe uh, a, a reverse logic one, but a uh, few people did get it right. Including me. I did. I got it straight away and I said, well, I think I know it, but I must be wrong because it was the answer a couple of weeks ago, you sneaky little thing, (laughs) Statman Dave, sneaking in there. Um, Did we get any correct answers submitted from the preview show listeners, please? Uh, We did. We had correct answers from uh, Adrian Caton, knew it was Ashley Barnes, and so did John Robertson. Although, of course, uh, we have now got three goal scorers with that uh, goal going in off uh, Chris Wood's midriff stroke hip in the uh, game on Saturday. So we've uh, added to that total even since we did the last preview show. Indeed. And oh, how we laughed. Um, (laughs) Also, uh, oh, actually, I was just about to start saying, I was going to start giving myself credit then for a correct answer, but I've already done it, so I don't need to do that in the script. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Quizzes, you will be pleased to know that we'll be posing yet another question at the end of this preview show. So stay tuned and let's see what little nugget um, Dave will have for us and a quick cheat code if in doubt, the answer's probably Ashley Barnes. Opposition stats. Let's move on to the reason why we are here. We are previewing Burnley's next Premier League fixture, which is an away tie at Everton. Saturday the 13th of March, a 5.30pm kick on live on Sky Sports. Dave, why don't you kick us off by telling us all about the recent, hits, recent history of this fixture? Yeah, well, Burnley have visited Goodison Park on six occasions since we regained our top flight status in 2009. Uh, With no cup meetings during that time, all six games have been in our previous Premier League campaigns. But our recent record there has not been a good one. Uh, Burnley have suffered five defeats and have just the one win since 2009. Uh, Our one and only Premier League victory so far at Goodison Park was Burnley's first top flight win there since January 1976. So with a distinct lack of competition for standout moments, the only logical choice to start our next section is to go back to October 2017. Ooh, this is exciting. Highlights and lowlights. And of course, our next section is our highlights and lowlights section. So intriguingly, you've put us right in there for whatever you've picked as our highlight for this fixture. It's almost like it's been planned. Well, people will think that we know what we're doing, Dave. Let's not lull them into a false sense of security. (laughs) No, let's not. Um, I don't think anyone will be surprised that the highlight we've chosen this week is our most recent top flight win against Everton in a match which took place towards the start of the 2017-18 season. It was a Sunday afternoon in early October and after suffering three consecutive defeats at Goodison Park in each of Burnley's previous Premier League campaigns and with no win in the blue half of Liverpool since 1976, it would need something special if the Clarets were to overcome the Toffees. The way the win was achieved was special. The passage of play started at the back with Stephen DeFore, and what followed was a 24-pass move, which involved every outfield player except Ben Mee. 75 seconds later, Stephen Ward side-footed a pass across the box to Jeff Hendrick, who neatly sidestepped Morgan Schneidlin before firing a low shot in past Jordan Pickford. For those of us who were fortunate enough to be there to see it, and to many more Clarets fans who saw the match on TV or the replays afterwards, it was a truly memorable moment and one that deserves the accolade of highlight for this episode. Amen to that. Well, let's have a look on the flip side of that coin then, Dave. What have you picked as our low light? 
Uh, well, there isn't really one single standout candidate for a low light among Burnley's defeats at Goodison Park in the past decade. However, uh, we've picked the loss from Burnley's first Premier League campaign, which was a match at Goodison Park from the end of December 2009. There's a match that took place between uh, Christmas and New Year. Uh, that season was a tough one on the road for travelling Clarets fans. And up to that stage, the only point to come from a 3-3 draw at Manchester City. Back to Goodison Park, though, and after a goalless first half, the scores were still level just after the hour mark, when Burnley were reduced to 10 men after Stephen Jordan was sent off, after picking up his second booking. With 10 minutes to play, the 10 men were still hanging on for a point. But late goals from James Vaughan and Stephen Pienaar ensure that Everton killed off Burnley's brave rearguard effort, and this would also mean that we'd have to wait until the following April and a 4-1 win at Hull City for us to pick up another Premier League point on the road. Indeed. Good section, that one. Um, Turning then to the first of our two new features for the second half of this season, Dave, and it is, of course, the fixture flashback feature. Did it without tripping over my words. Now, this is obviously our fans' chance to get involved in the preview show. Um, Each week, we're going to be asking you to send us your matchday memories from a particular game from the past against our next opponents. And this is going to be featured in this relevant preview show. Dave, what have we got this week? Uh, Well, for this episode, uh, fixture flashback regular Jan has answered our call once more and has provided us with a recording of a memory from 2015. Oh, excellent. Well, take it away, Jan. Fixture flashback. It's April 2015, and today I'm off to Goodison Park. I'm meeting my friend who has my ticket at the ground. As I drove in from Manchester, I noticed the motorway matrix signs were warning of long delays on the M6 south near Wigan. At Goodison, there was no sign of my friend, so I gave him a call. Guess what? The supporters coach was stuck in a horrendous traffic jam on the M6, and there was no way they would make it in time for the kickoff. The coach driver was oblivious to the mayhem on the motorway as they enjoyed an extra pint or two in some countryside hostelry. So no ticket. I took my predicament to the Everton ticket office. I must say they were first class. They asked me to call my friend, asked for my phone and had a chat with him. Then they returned my phone together with the replacement ticket. No fuss and done politely and with typical Scouse humour. As for my friend, well... He made it for the second half, by which time Tom Heaton had saved the penalty, Ashley Barnes had been sent off, and Everton had scored the only goal of the game. Perhaps he should have stayed in the pub. Oh, he always does really good memories, does Jan, doesn't he, Dave? He's a good one. Keep him coming. Definitely. He's a really good one again. It is. Well, just before we move on to our next section, Dave, why don't you remind our listeners how they get involved in this feature, fixture flashback feature. <laughs> Uh, well, there's now a long three-week gap uh, after this weekend before our next Premier League game, which means there's plenty of time to get in touch with your memories of past away games against Southampton. That could be a recent game at St Mary's, or maybe you recall something you want to share from a match that took place at the Dell. Either way, please do get in touch to share your contributions uh, with us in the usual way. Uh, drop us an email, podcast at net, with either a written submission or preferably an audio recording like Jan did for us this week. Uh, We've mentioned this before, but the easiest website to use to make a recording and send us a link of the audio is vocaroo.com, V-O-C-A-R-O-O.com. 
free to use, no registration, and really, really easy. Good stuff. Three weeks, listeners. You've got three weeks to stockpile your memories of Burma games and get them sent to us. Get involved. Heroes and villains. Okay, moving on then, Dave, to my favourite section of the preview show, and that is, of course, our heroes and villains. Starting with the best section, who have you picked as our hero? Uh, well, we've already mentioned our last away win at Goodison Park from October 2017 as our highlight earlier in the show. And despite scoring the goal in that game, it seemed rather unfair to single out just the goal scorer, Jeff Hendrick, for our hero this week. So we're going to share the accolade and we've decided to be generous and allow the entire Burnley team for that game to be our <laughs> hero this episode. Uh, even though goalkeeper Nick Pope and also Ben Mee were the only two players who didn't touch the ball during that 24-pass move. We're going to include them as well. But here's a reminder of Burnley's starting eleven from that day, uh, seven of whom are still at the club. Uh, we had uh, Nick Pope, Matt Lowton, Jack Court, James Tarkovsky, Ben Mee, Chris Wood, Robbie Brady, Jeff Hendrick, Stephen DeFore, Stephen Ward and Scott Arfield. And uh, we just made one sub in that match. Ashley Barnes uh, came on as substitute later on. But uh, yeah, heroes, every last one of them. Yeah, indeed. Um, Alex, I'm not entirely sure whether I should be really proud or really quite depressed that from a game four years ago, that's pretty much still our starting eleven. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's consistent, if nothing else. And if memory serves, I would imagine Ashley Westwood and... JBG would probably have been on the bench, would they, with Ashley Barnes that day as well? They'd, they'd have been at the club, wouldn't they? So you probably could put eleven together from the uh, the sixteen or eighteen of that of that day. Definitely. Can you imagine the day when we see some fresh faces on Turf Moor? It'll be a joy to behold. Yeah. Um, can I imagine it? It's been a long time since I since I've seen it actually. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I, I won't know. I won't know what to call them. I'll be getting the names wrong. But like, who's that on the number seven shirt? I don't know who that is. But yeah, we live in hope. Um, Okay, uh, my favourite, favourite one then, Dave. Who have you picked as the villain? Uh, Well, in preparing for this episode, there wasn't one particular Everton player or manager who immediately stood out as a prime candidate to be our villain. Uh, We did briefly consider whether, with two own goals, our very own Ben Mee might have been a candidate. We very quickly decided against (gasps) that. You'll be glad to know. (laughs) So, Dave... So this week we've gone slightly left field and we've selected COVID-19 as our villain uh, for pre- preventing us from going to yet another football match. It's now just over 12 months since Premier League games were allowed to go ahead as normal with full stadia. And after just a handful of games were played towards the end of 2020 with much reduced crowds uh, and a cu- of a couple of thousand, uh, we're currently back in a situation where matches are still taking place behind closed doors. Indeed, and that is a beautiful, beautiful link to why we've brought Alex James onto this preview show this week. Alex, as Dave just mentioned, it's been 12 months. Did you even imagine when COVID first hit back in sort of January, February last year, that we'd get to the point where we were going to go for an entire football season without fans in stadiums? No, not not at all. I remember the it was the Spurs game last season, wasn't it, which was the last one with supporters at Turf Moor. Um, mm. And even on that day, I don't think anybody had sort of realised the, the seriousness of what was to come with, with COVID. It just felt like a normal a normal game. Um, and then ahead of that Manchester City game, the sort of talk started to emerge that maybe it was going to be behind closed doors. And he, even then it was a bit, surely that won't happen. Um, and then it did. And it, it's been that way ever since. And it's it's been certainly a bizarre 12 months covering a, a, a football club. And, it, and it's really, really sort of 
sad and, and soulless in, in many ways to, to be at grounds without any any supporters in them whatsoever. Well, I think that was going to be my first question to you, actually, was how has it impacted you professionally? You know, has it because you're there to do a job. So in some respects, you're looking and think, well, the facts are going to be the same. You're reporting on a game, you're reporting on facts as they happen. But I did wonder whether it has had a professional impact. Yeah, I think you just from sort of a nuts and bolts, essentially, you don't get the access to um, players anymore. There's no mix zone after a game. So you're not you're not getting the opportunity to speak to any any Burnley players um, post match, and and when you speak to the managers on Zoom, and we're, we've all used to Zoom and and all these virtual hangouts now, and it's not the same, is it? It's, you don't get the same sort of rapport with the person you're speaking to. You don't get the the body language or the opportunity to make a little joke and things like that 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 you used to get when it was in the press room. So from that side of things, it's it's not as good, um, and it's it's not as good from a, a professional standpoint in terms of of getting quotes um but more than anything it's it's not the same sport really um i mean yeah, as, yeah. as you say on the pitch nothing's changing but you you miss all the sort of color um you miss the the atmosphere you miss the the guy five rows in front who will moan at everything you miss the you miss the fact that you can get a crowd that can change a match and i, I always say that game against leicester last season um Nick Pope saved that Jamie Vardy penalty. Mm. That game, I think, obviously hinged on on that save from Popey, but also the reaction of the crowd that day um, yeah, yeah. really did galvanise Burnley, I felt. And you just feel on occasions, particularly recently where we've had all the, this run of home draws, that maybe that could have galvanised, you know, Sean Dyche's side again and just helped them over the line and perhaps turn one point into three on a couple of occasions. That, those are really interesting points. You've already covered much of what I, I wanted to, to speak to you about, um, which just, for me, just highlights that we're all completely on the same page as the, from this. And you've talked about it not being the same sport, Alex, and just picking up on that, because there, there has, there's been too many freak results this season. There's been too many just very weird experiences and very weird games for, for them to not have been affected by not having fans in the ground. And I guess this kind of answers the question as to just how much players, um, I guess, interact with and feed off the, the atmosphere that's coming off the, off the stands, both negative and positive, I guess. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it's probably the same for players up and down the country, not just a Burnley thing. But there'll be some players that you think of like an Ashley Barnes who, who just thrives off the crowd, doesn't he? Whether it's home or away, whether he's getting stick or he's the most loved person in the stadium, you can sort of feel that energy transfer to him a little bit and, th- and there'll be other players who perhaps benefit a little bit from from there not being a crowd and, and that sort of pressure been been off them um but uh, you know overall I think Burnley have done have done pretty well and, and their record certainly in the post lockdown last season um was actually really good without fans wasn't it they they put together a really impressive run of results and seemed to adapt to things quite quickly but as you say this season with and nobody would have predicted the way Liverpool have sort of fallen away and how much of an impact perhaps the fans not been at Anfield has had and there's there's plenty of teams who have got a worse um I think Everton are one of them in fact who've got a worse um home record than away record this season and, it's, yeah, and this sure. time around there's sort of six seven eight nine ten teams I think who have got more points on the road than, than they have at home and that just sort of emphasises how much of a difference it makes and perhaps how um, home advantage isn't quite the advantage it was with no fans in there. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, have you picked up on, I guess, fan reaction to this more than necessarily the players, you know, and the people you speak to and, and what you see put out there? Because I know from my perspective, it's been a weird season in that I've seen pretty much every minute of every football game that's been played, not just Burnley. Yeah. I watch so much football. I mean, I watch a lot of football now anyway, but I watch even more. I watch everything. Um yeah, it's been my least favourite season I've got and I genuinely feel quite disengaged with everything. Um, I just, I, I can't, I, it's a chore more than an enjoyment and sometimes I look at some, like the Spurs game and I'm a bit like, oh God, you know, I don't know if I can sit through this in your TV and it's easy when things are going badly and you sat on your TV just to switch the television yeah. before you would never leave the stadium early. So are you getting that reaction from fans? Are you getting that feeling that there's just this disengagement and that it's just not enjoyable? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, the, you know, obviously we're not speaking directly to supporters as much, but on social media and the interactions I have with people over over Facebook and Twitter, it, it, it isn't the same. And I think you're absolutely right. You've hit the nail on the head there that it is easy to turn a game off like Spurs when you when you go behind after 60 seconds and then it's 2-0 and it's 3-0 before you know it. Whereas, like you say, you would never even think leaving the ground at half, you know, at half time or after half an hour, that, that would just not enter your head, would it? But it's easy to just go and do something else yeah. or think, you know, what am I doing here with my weekend when X, Y and Z needs to do or I could spend some time with my family or <laughs> all that sort of stuff. So it, I really do feel for supporters and particularly those you know, for all supporters, but those season ticket holders who have um, sort of build and frame their weekends around going to games and, and anyone who goes to a Burnley home game who gets the social interaction, might go for a pint beforehand, might meet up with friends who they only see at football. Um, it's one of those things, isn't it, where you, you might not know the person who sat two rows to your left, but you soon do and, and they become you know, your, your football mates and the, the person who you enjoy watching the game with, you'd, you'd never sort of meet them in day-to-day life. And that sort of side of it and the social aspect of it, particularly in a lockdown where you can't go anywhere, really. You can't go out for tea. You can't go down the down the shops. You can't go to the cinema. You can't do any of those things. And that other social side of it, which yeah, which um, which must be a real struggle for people, has, has been you know, that Saturday after a hard week of work to go to the to the game and, and enjoy it and make a day of it and catch up with, with old friends. And it, and in some respects, the game itself just forms a little part of that. And I know from my experience mm. as, a, as a fan, particularly if you were going on an away day and you were going down on the train and you might have a couple of drinks or you're going down in a, with a car load of you and stuff, the game itself is just one aspect of, of following the club, isn't it? Um, it must be really hard for, for supporters and that I feel really really lucky and privileged to be in a position to to watch the games but it it isn't the same and and it is just you know it, it feels like a real pre-season friendly and to start with it was interesting because you were hearing the shouts of the players you could hear the management comment not so much at, at Turf Moor because we're right across the other end of the pitch from the dugouts but at some grounds you could really hear what both managers were saying um language and all and um <laughs> And and that was sort of really interesting to start with. But then once that novelty wore off and it just became about, you know, the, the game and there was not none of the, the atmosphere and none of the noise around it, 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 it has made a real a real difference to to sort of the feeling that you have going to a game and you're spaced out, you're two, three, four metres apart from, from your colleagues in the press box. And there's there isn't 
quite often you'll sort of look to the crowd for a reaction to how somebody might be playing or I might think oh Burnley are doing okay here the crowd has stuck with them like the crowd tell you a little bit about the game as well um so that's been difficult and it I can't wait for the game of full of spectators and supporters and the, and the, the day the day turf more even if it is on reduced capacity it'll just make such a big difference and uh, you know you're sitting in the press box looking at 10 flags and the artwork on the on the on the stands when you should be looking at the supporters and looking over at the cricket field end and seeing the banter between the home and away fans and all of that sort of stuff and it's it's just not there and it is it is really sad to see oh yeah Alex, I couldn't, I couldn't have said that better. It, that's such a good summary, and that's actually, and I'm, I'm sure this wasn't your intention, but that's actually made me feel quite sad. Like <laughs> it's made me real, you know. I, I now know, I knew I was feeling down about it, but to hear it articulated in such a clear way has made me think, yeah, it is really sad. Um, just to end then this particular section from from you, Alex. Um, I, I'm sorry to put you on the spot slightly, but I guess. Once we are back at Turf Moor and fans are in the ground again, is there anything from pre-COVID that you'd quite like to see not make its way back into the ground? Anything? Anything, what, as in, would have taken place previously yeah. that won't be there now? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's a good question. Do you know what? I'm not. And I'm going to ex- I'm going to exclude the obvious answers like, well, we want to kick out racism and home, like prejudice, things like that. I want to hear something like like a piece of match day experience that you're quite happy not to see come back. Yeah, that is a good question, and that is putting me on the spot. Um, right, I'm going to let you think about this then. Yeah, let's me, let's, let's do the rest of this picture, yeah. and we'll come back to you. We'll come back to you in that one. Um, Dave, absolutely fantastic summary there from Alex, and generally made me feel very very excited when we do get back to Turf Moor. Um, and one of the things that I do want to get back to Turf Moor at is shouting at referees and going, referee, that's a foul. Um, so with that in mind, who will we be shouting at our TV screens for at this weekend's fixture? Uh, well, it isn't too long ago that John Moss of Leeds took charge of a Burnley match. Uh, already in 2021, he's refereed our recent home Premier League game against Fulham. And he also took charge of our third round FA Cup tie for the visit of the team from Milton Keynes to Turf Moor in January. Um, he's also refereed a couple of important Burnley away wins in previous seasons. He was in charge for our first win at Old Trafford in over 57 years when we beat Manchester United 2-0 last January. And in a strange quirk of fate, John Moss was also in charge of Burnley's 1-0 win against Everton at Goodison Park in October 2017, a match we've mentioned more than once already. Uh, in total, Burnley have seven wins from 25 previous games with John Moss in charge. Uh, Martin Atkinson will be the video assistant referee for this fixture, but as always, we'll be hoping that fans of both sides will be talking about the football on display rather than any controversial decisions taken on the pitch or at Stockley Park. Yeah, we're living hope. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve into that sack of yours and give our listeners your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Uh, Well, this week's Stat of the Week is another one for critics of Burnley Football Club to ponder. Uh, Sadly, many opposition fans still trot out the same old rubbish about Burnley being an aggressive, dirty side. But there are plenty of cold, hard facts which help to refute these patently false claims. For example, Burnley's match against Arsenal last Saturday was the 129th time that Turf Moor had hosted a Premier League game, and not a single Burnley player had been sent off in any of those matches, a proud record which was maintained when video replays, quite rightly, show that the ball had hit Eric Peters' shoulder and not his arm, despite referee uh, Andre Mariner's initial wrong take on the incident. 
Um, incidentally, 10 different opposition players have been shown a red card in these 129 games. Uh, in the modern era, since the Premier League started in 1992, the record for most consecutive home games without a red card is currently held by Liverpool, and Burnley are now just a couple of matches short of that record. Wow, that is impressive. And I'm genuinely sick of that narrative being peddled about us all the time. It's like, oh, it'd be horrible. And even like admins and official counts. Remember the Villa game when I think like Tarky did a challenge about six minutes in, they're like, oh, typically we're at, we're at Burnley, so obviously, you know, Realish is down after a terrible challenge. It's just, it just goes to show, nope, we're not a nasty side. Um, well, before we go on to have a quick talk about what we think is going to happen in the game, we got you an opposition view this week. We spoke to Steve from the Toffee Blues to get his view on the coming fixture. Opposition view. Hi everyone, it's Stephen from the Toffee Blues here to give you a little bit of a preview on Saturday's game. Uh, thank you to people over at No Nay Never for asking me to do this. Um, but yeah, a little bit of injury news for Everton. Both Abdelaziz Decore and James Rodriguez are missing, uh, which is going to be a big blow for us. Decore has been arguably our best player this season. And James Rodriguez, it's obvious uh, what a big miss he's going to be. It does add that little extra bit of flair, but looking like he will be back after the international break. Uh, Yeri Mina, Seamus Coleman and Tom Davis are all fit, which is good. Yeri Mina, uh, obviously very strong defender, has scored against Burnley in the past as well. Uh, Seamus Coleman, our club captain, good to have him back in the squad. And Tom Davis, who will make the difference. We've missed that in midfield last few games, so it's nice to see that he will be ready to play against Burnley. And then Gilfie Sigurdsson and Robin Olsen, um, both are going to be assessed. Uh, I don't think Robin Olsen's going to play, but um, Gilfie Sigurdsson, if he is fit, definitely will. Carlo Ancelotti favours him a lot. And with James Rodriguez being out, he's, he's the you know he's the, the obvious option to go in there. Uh, but I'm not 100% confident for the game. I know the, the problems Burnley can cause. And of course, being four points off the relegation zone, uh, you know the onus will be on Burnley to go out there and get three points at Goodison. Uh, and they're well capable of doing it. Our home form hasn't been the best this season, um, but we did get that 1-0 win against Southampton, which sort of calmed a few nerves. And uh, you know that was an important three points to get as well. But I'm really impressed with Burnley this season, despite the position they're in. Uh, I like Sean Dyke, I like some of the players that play for Burnley, and I think uh, it, they can cause us a real problem on Saturday, if we don't switch on properly and we don't, you know, get playing right from the off, because we need this, these three points as much as, as you do, Burnley fans, but it, that will definitely make it more of an interesting game than it would have been. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it should be a really interesting game anyway. Not 100% confident, but I do think Everton do have enough to go out there and get the win on Saturday. That's no uh, discredit to Burnley, though. I do you know, I do think there is a possibility Burnley can come to Goodison and leave with all three points. We've seen it happen this season with some of the teams around that, that position in the table falling close to the relegation zone. So, yeah, I think if, if Everton aren't on their A game, Burnley can win this one. But uh, I'm going to predict a 2-0 win for Everton, which is what I predicted on our channel. Um, just because I think there's a chance for us to get an early an early goal with Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin. I think we're well capable of defending that lead and maybe nicking one at the end. So... I'm going to go for a 2-0 Everton win, but yeah, I'd like to say thank you to No Nay Never for asking me to come on to their podcast or and YouTube channel to talk about the game. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for watching. Okay, very quickly back to you then, Alex. What are your general thoughts ahead of the, the game of the, uh, the weekend? I mean, Everton aren't 
great in, at home form this season, but it's still going to be a tough fixture, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Everton have, have improved, haven't they, under Carlo Ancelotti? I think his first game was um, the game against Burnley. Uh, was it? I think it might have been Boxing Day, um, and it, it was a. A scrappy one nil, I think. Dave will probably correct me if I'm wrong now, but um, it was one nil. Yes, Everton have um, have sort of developed into a really strong side now, and they seem more a collective unit than perhaps occasion occasionally in the past. It might have been uh, a team more of individuals, or they look perhaps to more to to two or three players. Whereas now under under Carlo Ancelotti, they really seem to be well drilled. They seem to know um, their roles and and. They're good defensively with with Michael Keane, of course, who's had a, a great season, I think. And and up front, Dominic yeah. Calvert-Lewin's just blossomed into a a really good all-round Premier League striker. And when you're able to spend the money that they have on, you know, somebody like Sigurdsson and James Rodriguez and and Richarlison, then you you'd expect them to be around about the top six where they are. So it, it will be a yeah. tough test for Burnley. But having said that. I said on social media the other day, I still think Burnley have got one of these results in them over the last 10 games where they go and get a victory like they did at Arsenal and like they did at Liverpool and like they did at United last season. One of these games where nobody really expects them to go and win it away from home, but they managed to pull out a result. I still feel like there's one of those in in Burnley's locker so that we're not relying on the, the games against Newcastle, Fulham and perhaps Sheffield United to dictate whether there's enough points to get us over the line. I still think one of these games, like an Everton away or, or United next month, is is prime for a a typical Burnley surprise victory. Excellent. So, what what are you going to? Um, what's your score prediction? Um, I, do you know what? I'll be positive. Seeing as I brought you down with the um, depressingness of not being able to go into <laughs> football matches, um, and I'll say two one to Burnley. Okay. Um, scorers. Uh, Chris Wood and Matteo Vidra, I think, have been that partnership. I think it's only three games they've started in the Premier League together, but that partnership has got signs for me, really good, positive signs. Me I think too. put Vidra in that team and he, um, you go from a team that sort of might create three, four, five chances to a team that creates six, seven or eight chances just because of his movement and his ability to offer something different. And that's nothing against... I mean, I love Jay Rodriguez and I love Ashley Barnes as well, and that's nothing against those two guys, obviously. Ashley Barnes is out injured at the moment anyway. But I've been really impressed with um, with Wood and Vidra as a pair. Um, and it's great to see um, Vidra getting a little bit of a run as well. I know that's something that um, that we've all been sort of wondering whether that might ever happen for him at Burnley and he might get five, six, seven, eight games in a row to, to show what he can do. So it's, it's great to see him get that opportunity to play uh, regular match minutes. And I think you can see him developing as well. He's not just somebody who can knock the ball over the top two and he can run onto it. And Sean Dyche mentioned it actually after the Leicester game, I think it was, that he, he's able to drop into those lines, which which J-Rod does really well, actually, and sort of link the play and hold the ball up. And you wouldn't, you know, if you were if you were just sort of stereotyping, you wouldn't necessarily think that about about Vids, but he is showing signs that he's sort of developing and, and learning that all-round game that, that the manager wants from him. So, I'm going to stick with with those two to to get the goals, and we don't get many from elsewhere, do we? So if the strikers aren't <laughs> if the strikers aren't firing, then it's not too often we see many goals from midfield. So I'll, I'll go Wood and um, Mid. Good stuff, uh, Dave. Do you share Alex's enthusiasm? I'm going to be positive. Yeah, I'm going to go for a, a win. I'm going to go for a, a one nil win, and I think a defender's going to score. I think maybe Ben Me or Tarky's going to get the goal. Let, let's say Tarky. Okay. Who are you, and what have you done with Dave Roberts? 
You never. I'm, I'm amazed. We need to get positive, enlightening guests on more often. It's having a good impact on you. I love it. Well, I'm going to be positive as well, but I'm going to say it's going to be a one nil, and I think it's going to be a Ben Me header. So uh, from a corner. So excellent. Well, listeners, you know the drill here. Let us know what your score predictions are going to be. You can tweet us at None Never, or you can email us at podcast at nonenever.net. Tripping off my words a lot tonight. I need to slow down. Um, and tell us what you think the score will be, who's going to score it, and just for an extra bit of fun, how that goal is going to score. Header, right foot, left foot, or off your chest, if you're Chris Wood. Fantasy Premier League update. Um, <laughs> Dave, let's move on to the final section before we let uh, our listeners go this week. And we are looking, of course, at the much-loved and much-coveted known and ever Fantasy Premier League. We are in... Game week 26 has just finished, haven't we? So what's going on with the league? Oh, no, we finished, we finished 26. Well, we actually, we've actually finished 27. We were, we were in the middle of game week 26 uh, last time when we did the Arsenal preview and then the weekend's games uh, were, well, and this midweek has been 27. So we've got a little bit of catching up to do. We've got uh, a league table update and we can also uh, bring you details of the kings of game week 26 and 27. Excellent. Take it away. Yeah, looking at the league table first, uh, we've got in fifth place, we've got a climber. Uh, bear in mind, this will be from week 26 rather than from the last time we did an update. Uh, but in fifth place is Chris Stamworth uh, on 1,772 points. Uh, we've got Sean Danaher, guest on the show previously. Uh, he's in fourth place on 1,794. Uh, also on 1,794 in must be third place on a tiebreaker above him, is Gary Proctor. Uh, We've got Adam Dennett in second place on 1,812. And our leader, who's been there for a little while now, is uh, Charlie Binns, who had a a good week, got over 100 points in uh, game week 27. Um, And he's got a little bit of a lead now. He's 1,853. So he's got a lead of 41 points at the top. So well done to uh, Charlie Binns, our current leader. Excellent. Well, what about Team No Never? No Never. Am I going to be catching up to Charlie Bins anytime soon? Not as such. Although you are climbing, uh, you were down in the bottom, sort Ooh. of five places, and you're now fifteen place above. So you're now in two hundred twenty fifth position. You scored sixty seven points last week, which has taken up to a cumulative total of one thousand one hundred eighty eight. Uh, and I'm on uh, I'm 149th position, so round about the same level I was when we last did an update with 1,471. So I'm still almost 300 points ahead of you, which is it's not going to be caught up, isn't that gap? Let's face it. Um, and the leader in our podcasters mini league is still Richard Steele. I think he's been there pretty much all the season. He's now in 74th position. Uh, he's another 100 points or so ahead of me on 1,582. Excellent. I don't understand how I'm not ahead of you yet. I'm actually remembering to do my team. I'm remembering to change my captain. I'm using those free transfer things. And I've even been using those magic little cheat things that I don't really know what they do. But I've been using them. And I should be ahead of you, Dave. This is very disappointing. Well, that's probably why you stayed level. You've used them. And I've still got them in hand to use later in the season. What? I think you cheat. Um, (laughs) Kings of game weeks 26 and 27, then. Who were the players you should have really had in your team? Right. Well, we've got, by the looks of it, we've got a a team in formation uh, 5-3-2 for week 26. 
they were uh, Gator of Crystal Palace in goal, uh, a back five of Bartley, Christensen, Keane, Cahill. So we've got two ex-Clarets in the back five, uh, as well as Ward of Crystal Palace. We had uh, Gareth Bale, uh, Riyad Mahrez, Mason Mount in midfield, and we had a strike force of uh, Everton's, Richarlison and also Gabriel Jesus of Manchester City. They were the high-scoring players for game week 26, and the highest of all of those was uh, Gareth Bale with 21 points. And what about 27, please? Take it away, sir. Yes, well, we had for game week 27, uh, we had, look at formation for this, a little bit different this one. We had three defenders, five midfielders and two strikers. Uh, In goal uh, was Mesliev Leeds. We had uh, a back three of Shaw, Manchester United, uh, Dawson of West Ham, and also Cresswell of West Ham. West Ham doing very well at the moment. Uh, our midfield five were Mares, Ward, Prowse, De Bruyne, Bale again, and Foden. So we had three uh, Manchester City players in there. Um, and we had a strike force of Harry Kane and uh, Shea Adams. And the highest scoring player, all of all of those, was. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, 20. Although Manchester City did have uh, two games in the game week, didn't they? Whereas not all the team, uh, not all the teams played two fixtures in that game week. So that's that comes into the tactics as well, is trying to shift your players around and using your transfers and getting players in who are going to play two fixtures in the game week. Although with Pep's uh, rotation strategy, it's a little bit difficult with Manchester City. You think you've got a player in and then they'll rotate them and rest them. So it's, uh, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, do you play fantasy football at all, Alex? I do, yeah. Um, although I've had an absolute shocker this week, um, and I just I've just looked while you were talking then to to see how I did on because it's one of them. It's like when you've been on a night out and you're not sure about your bank <laughs> I've been too I've been too scared to see how bad the damage was. So um, yeah, so I only I only scored forty points this week, which is which is pretty terrible. But I'm not doing too badly overall, I don't think so. Well, so for next season, you'll have to join our league, and uh, we'll keep an eye on you in the season. We, we tend to. Previous friends of the show and previous uh, people we've had on, we tend to keep an eye on them and see how they're doing. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we send you the code next season and you can... That'd be ace. Can you imagine if we had, a, had like a previous guest on who actually won it next season? That would be ace. And there are prizes. I, I, I leave it up to Matt, but there are prizes to win ours. Excellent. Now, although I was about 150 points behind your leader, I think, or 100, I'm on 1,600 and something, so I was a long way behind the leader, so I'm not sure I'll be threatening the That's prize. That's good, though. Mm. How do people get these points? It's awful. <laughs> I don't know how to play fantasy. I need to learn. Um, then, finally, the, the next section, then, before we close up for the week, Dave, um, opposition three to watch, please. This is obviously the second of our new features for the second half of the season when we are picking the three players from our opposition team to watch based on their fantasy Premier League points. So who are they this week? Yes, yeah, so looking at the points to the end of game week 27, uh, we've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin is Everton's high-scoring player with 130 points. Uh, Michael Keane is at second with 94. And uh, Richarlison has got 92. So it's Michael Keane flanked by uh, their two strikers. And for once, I suspect that all three of Everton's highest FPL point scorers for the season to date will be in their starting lineup on Saturday evening. Oh, joy. Um, so where, what, what we're going to be next preview show then, Dave? I, I guess we're going to have loads to catch up on by the time we next see our listeners, won't we? Uh, yeah, because we don't have a game. Our, our game against Leicester was brought forward because of their involvement in the FA Cup. So effectively, when we do our next preview, it'll be after the international break. We'll have had uh, game week 28 and 
29 is an odd one because I think there's only about four fixtures, but it's, it's effectively a, it is a game week. So we'll have both those game weeks to bring you uh, the Kings of game week for, for both those weeks and also an updated uh, league table. But I think with the timings, it'll work out pretty good. And when we do our preview show, we will at least have all of those to go through again, which is uh, always good news. Always good news. Statman Dave's quiz question. Uh, finally then, Dave, quiz question. What have you decided to set our listeners this week? Uh, well, the quiz question this week relates to our stat of the week and red cards at Turf Moor. Um, we did say that no Burnley player has been sent off in the 129 Premier League games staged at Turf Moor since 2009. But can you name the last Burnley player to be sent off at Turf Moor in any competition? So that's a, a, a first um, first team game, a, a, a competitive match. Who was the last Burnley player to be sent off in a competitive match at Turf Moor? Not sure I immediately know the answer to this, but I can probably try and think about it, give me some thought. But while we do that, how do our listeners submit their answers, please, Dave? Uh, well, yeah, you can get in touch and let us know your answers using any of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. Uh, email us, podcast at net, or you can reply to the post for this preview show on either the No Near Never Facebook page or on YouTube, and we'll reveal the correct answer in our next preview show, which will be uh, a few weeks off because of the uh, international break. Indeed. Well, before I, we leave our listeners then, Dave, for that extended break, have we got any community news or any other business, any fixed changes or anything that we need to report? Uh, from a fixture point of view, I think we're still waiting for the times and dates for those because, as I say, we've got a, a, a gap. We don't play the week after the Everton game and then there's a two-week international break and the fixtures for the rest of April and the start of May, we're still waiting for confirmation of those. At the moment, they're all down as Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs, but obviously um, they will move either kickoff times on the day or maybe even to Friday, uh, Sunday or, or Monday, depending on what else is going on. So we'll have to wait and see what the Premier League say on those. Uh, but one other thing to mention is that at the end of our last preview show, uh, we mentioned an upcoming guest appearance from a well-known ex-Claret. And we can now confirm that former Burnley midfielder, Paul Weller will be our guest for a special one-off podcast, which we're planning to record and publish during the international break. Uh, following in a tradition of former Burnley players to feature in one-off specials on the No Name Ever podcast, such as Clark Carlisle, Stephen Caldwell, and also more recently in Wright, we'll be looking back on Paul's career with Burnley, a club he joined as a 16-year-old apprentice in 1991. Uh, despite dealing with health issues, which effectively ruled him out for almost two full seasons, Paul made almost 300 appearances under four different managers between making his first team debut in October 1995 and the end of the 2003-04 season. Uh, He's got a new book out next month, which is co-written with prolific Burnley FC author Dave Thomas, which looks back on his career. So we'll be uh, looking at his career and uh, talking a little bit about the book. Good stuff. Um, Alex, a little bit of uh, last-minute business before we let you go for the night as well. Firstly, We'll follow up as to whether or not you decided what you were going to bin from Turf more when we return. And secondly, how our listeners get in touch with you and keep up with what you're up to, please? Yeah, the, the only two things I can think of are um, somebody fixing the Turf more taps in the toilet so that they're not either oh. freezing cold or scalding hot. Um, that that would be one thing I wouldn't I wouldn't be missing. Just a constant temperature would be nice. And also people filming. <laughs> People filming the games on their phone when you, especially given that we've not been in for um, a year as supporters, 
the opportunity to to come back in and actually watch the game rather than watch it through the screen, which everybody's been forced to do for the last 12 months at, uh, at home on their televisions. What a fantastic answer. Well, why don't you t- let our listeners know how they can follow you on Twitter and how they can keep an eye on with what you're getting up to, please, Alex? Yeah, the Twitter handle is um, Alex James Sport. Um, so, yeah, give us a follow on there. I'm always available for questions and, and queries and stuff on there. And um, the website's Lanks Live. Um, and we've also got a Facebook page, um, Burnley FC Live, where I do regular sort of Q&As and interactive stuff on there as well. So, yeah, come and check out the content if you've uh, if you've nothing better to do. Excellent. Well, that is good stuff. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And what a debut on your None and Ever podcast. I thought that content was fantastic. We would love to have you back at some point. So maybe um, we'll get to the end of the season or start the next season. We'll have you back on and we can... Um, have another chat about how things are different with fans back in the stadium but thank you so much for giving up your time absolute pleasure thanks for having me and yeah anytime uh, anytime i'll be happy to come back on brilliant can't wait um that's all we've got time for this week listeners my thanks as ever go to everybody who's contributed to this week's preview show to fan yan um, and i won't offend him by trying to pronounce his surname because it's it's it, i will make a mess of it so yan for his everton away memory who always does a fantastic job of sending us his clips and uh, really enjoy listening to them and um, to steve from the toffee blues for his opposition view to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out there. But my final thanks, of course, to the main man himself, Dave Roberts, who puts in a phenomenal amount of work in producing this podcast. Um, And quite frankly, it would not happen without him. So thank you very much, Dave. Um, Finally, to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this podcast. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, Take care, everyone. I hope that you're looking after yourselves and you're looking after your loved ones. Um, As ever, we finish this show with a a message of support. If anybody is struggling out there in these current times, if you're feeling isolated or just feeling miserable missing your football, um, you know where we are. The known and ever lines are always open. Alex himself has just said his lines are always open. If you want to have a chat, if you want to debate some points about football, or if you just want to be a pen pal, drop us an email or drop us a tweet and we are only a very quick message away. Um, the team will be back on Tuesday probably with analysis of that Everton game and hopefully assessing three points. Um, Dave and I will be back in about 450 weeks for the next preview show, whatever that may be. But do keep an eye out on social media for the special with Paul Weller where Statman Dave will be making his presenter and host debut so that will definitely be one to look out for i've been natalie bromley this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and ever podcast until next time away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.